0: You're listening to the Sewing Together podcast from Appletreesewing.com and this is episode 5. Hey guys, it's Eastlyn here. Thanks so much for joining me here for episode 5 of the Sewing Together podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you a bit of sewing machine history. Today's episode is actually the first half of two episodes. In the next episode, I'm going to share some sewing tips with you. I had originally recorded this as one episode, but it ended up being over a half an hour and I like to keep my episodes around 15 minutes, so I decided to break it up into two episodes. Today, I'll talk to you about sewing machine history, and next week I'll share my 15 mistakes I've made so you don't have to. I want to start today's episode by saying that my t-shirt drafting blog series that I was working on for the master's class that I was taking is finished now. So that means that this podcast could essentially also be finished because I created this podcast as one of the components for that project I was working on for the master's class. So now that that's done, I was thinking about maybe ending the podcast. Now, I really do enjoy recording it, but it's kind of a lot of work and it's a little bit time consuming. So over the past week, I was kind of hemming and hawing over whether I should keep recording because I like it or if I should just stop because likely my only listener is my mom and she doesn't even sew. Now I do have a stats tracker on my podcast that shows how many listens I get in a day but pretty much every day it's 12 listens so I kind of just thought that those 12 listens were computers Searching for my podcast and the the stats tracker was like thinking that the computers were people. I didn't think any real people were listening until Wednesday when I got a message on my Facebook page from a lovely lady named Iava, and she asked me where she could find my blog that I mentioned in my podcast. And I think my jaw pretty much hit the floor. I was so surprised that someone was actually listening to my podcast. I was home with my kids that day and I told my three-year-old, oh my gosh, someone listened to my podcast. And he was just kind of like, huh, what does that mean? He doesn't know what a podcast is. But anyway, I was so excited. And so I found out a little bit about her and she said that she's really enjoying my podcast. So I thought I would keep it up while I'm on parental leave, at least since I have at least one human listener that is not my mom. (laughs) Now, I just wanna touch on the actual question that she had asked, which was how to find my blog. If you go to appletreesewing.com right now, there's no blog on there because the class that I'm taking, we're getting marked on our website. And the problem with the actual blog is that it shows the posts in reverse order. So for the t-shirt drafting series, it was showing the last step first and then like sort of working backwards if you clicked on that blog button. And in my peer evaluation, it was pointed out that that might be kind of confusing. And I did agree with that. So I took the blog down until the class is finished and my marks are um, received. But you can still access all of the blog posts. I have all of them either under the draft your t-shirt tab or the sewing tutorial tab. And then once the class is finished, I'll put the blog on the homepage. So it's going to be really easy to find. Before I begin sharing a bit of sewing machine history, I wanted to tell you what I started working on in regards to sewing lately. So I subscribed to Abby Glassenberg's newsletter, and in the last issue she sent out, she sent a link to this cute little patchwork turtle stuffed animal pattern called Tilly the Turtle. And I always thought I hated hand sewing, but it turns out I actually love it. It is so much easier to hand sew while I'm home with the kids than to machine sew. My oldest son was coloring and I was sewing and we just had a blast. Now, I'm not even close to being finished this little turtle, but I just wanted to share that if you're looking for a cute little project, that Tilly the turtle is a fun little patchwork project. And if you don't subscribe to Abby Glassenberg's newsletter, I definitely would recommend that. She has lots of great information in there. In the last issue, she shared some really cool news. Apparently, there's a new TV show being developed where Amy Poehler and her co-star from Parks and Rec, Nick Offerman, they are going to host a reality TV show called Handmade Project about... Making handmade things I guess and I'm super excited because I heard that the British sewing bee is not coming back So this will be a nice reality TV show that I can watch that is sort of somewhat related to my hobbies and interests Let's get into some home sewing history I actually wanted to talk to you about how sewing knowledge has been passed down over the years, but as I was doing a bit of Googling, I was led to this article on the Smithsonian website, where I learned how Singer became one of the top names in sewing machines, so I thought I'd share some of that interesting information with you today. In the article, it states that it was Elias Howe that created the original sewing machine concept, but I I know prior to Elias Howe's patent in 1846, Thomas Saint had come up with an idea for a sewing machine, but his ideas were nothing like what we use today. And I don't think there is any actual evidence that he built any sort of machine. So it was just sort of an idea of a machine. So I guess that's why Elias Howe gets the credit for the invention of the sewing machine. After Elias Howe's patent, several other people made changes to his design and they patented their changes. But Howe charged these huge licensing fees to anyone who wanted to create and sell a sewing machine. In 1851, Isaac Singer patented his version of the sewing machine, which, again, was an improved version of Howe's machine. But at that point, there were so many people with patents on sewing machines and their key components that they all started fighting each other in court about who stole which designs and whatnot. Then this lawyer, Orlando Potter, comes along and sees that all this fighting back and forth isn't getting anyone anywhere because a proper sewing machine would need bits and pieces from many different patents. So he proposed that they all work together and sort of share their patents with each other. Together, they created the very first patent pool in 1856. Basically, they would all share their designs, but would also be paid money for the sale of sewing machines, depending on whose designs were used and how much of their designs contributed to the final product. So there's nine patents in total that were combined, but the three important pieces were Elias Howe's lock stitch, Wheeler and Wilson's four motion feed, and Singer's vertical needle with horizontal sewing surface. The article on the Smithsonian website actually referred to this as a crowdsourced sewing machine, which was really funny to me because I think of crowdsourcing, of course, as a number of people contributing to something over the internet. But yeah, this really is like crowdsourcing. They took the best part of each person's inventions and created this awesome machine. Anyway, about a decade after this patent pool was created the licensing fees dropped they started at $25 per machine back in 1856 and by this time they were down to $5 per machine and the machines themselves were i think they were sold for about $50 So it was much more manageable to sell a $50 machine with a $5 licensing fee than a $25 licensing fee. So when the fees dropped, more manufacturers started creating machines to sell. The reason Singer's company took off was actually because of a lawyer named Edward Clark, who was a business partner to Singer. This lawyer figured out the high cost of the machine was what prevented more people from buying the machines. So he devised a way to implement an installment payment plan, which was the first of its kind in the United States. Apparently, Isaac Singer wasn't a very good business person, and it actually kind of sounded like he wasn't a very good person at all. So anyway, Edward Clark, his partner, sort of pushed him out of the company. Clark expanded Singer into the dominant sewing machine manufacturer at the time through door-to-door sales and this installment payment plan. They also bought up old Singer sewing machines so that the used market would be decreased, and this helped people to always be buying new machines because there wasn't a lot of used machines available. They also kept releasing new models so that people would feel like they needed to upgrade. So that's sort of the summary of what this article on the smithsonianmag.com stated. The article was titled, How Singer Won the Sewing Machine War. But really, my intention, when I found that article, was to learn how people used to learn how to sew. I explained in the last episode about Butterick's first graded pattern being made back in 1863, and now we've learned in this episode that the sewing machine started taking off sometime after 1856. So around that time, home sewing would become quite popular. In the Smithsonian article, it does explain that the door-to-door salesman would come into people's homes and show them how the sewing machines worked, but I can't imagine that the knowledge they gained from those sessions would be sufficient enough to sustain them through every piece of clothing they ever wanted to make. I really couldn't find much on how sewing knowledge was gained, so I would just have to assume it's similar to how other skills were learned at the time, either by working with someone who used the skill in their job, in this case working alongside a tailor or a dressmaker, or reading books or the patterns themselves would explain how some of the garments were constructed, or having a family member or a friend show you what to do would be another way to learn. Now, if you skip ahead 130 years to when I was learning to sew pre-internet, I know that I learned from watching my mom or grandma. I took some classes in school, and a lot of it really was just trial and error. Another way people could learn to sew before the internet was through community sewing classes. and they, Where I live, they were offered at the local sewing machine store. In today's day and age of the internet, it's so easy to learn a new skill because you can watch YouTube videos or join Facebook groups to get advice or listen to podcasts and they can teach you things. I also find that today's PDF patterns with picture tutorials are really helpful when you're just learning how to sew. The trick with learning nowadays with the internet where anybody can post anything, is deciphering what good information is and what isn't good information. At this point, I should reiterate that I am not an expert. I'm just sharing what has worked for me over the years. As a scientist, aka a high school science teacher with a bachelor degree in chemistry, I think that having people stray away from the norm is great. That's how new discoveries are made. I think... That can be true with sewing as well. There might be a better way to do something than what the right way to do something is. But more importantly, there might be a way that works better for you. I know I still have a lot to learn. And although I learned to sew about 20 years ago... I've only become a regular sewer in the last four years and in those four years my main focus of sewing was baby clothes and accessories. So really my experience is limited but I still thought it might be useful to share some sewing tips that I've picked up over the years. Okay so that brings us to the end of today's episode. Next week I'll share my 15 tips with you so tune in next week to hear my tips as well as some of the tips from our friends on social media. If you'd like the links to any of the websites I've mentioned today, head over to appletreesewing.com slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes. Don't forget, you can join in on the conversation by participating on social media. Follow me on Instagram at Appletree Sewing, on Facebook, also at Appletree Sewing, or join our Facebook group by searching Facebook for Appletree Sewing Patterns.